0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this
1: juicy gem of a detour. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear
2: You use all the right skincare products for your face, but your body has been missing out. With new Dove Serum Body Wash, you can give your body the vitamin C glow it's been wanting, the hydration boost it's been craving, and the active skincare ingredients it deserves. It's time for your body care era. New Dove Serum Body Wash. Get Dove or get FOMO.
3: Welcome to the Olive Podcast Health and Wellness Series. I'm Janine, Olive's Deputy Editor and Podcast Host, and for the next few weeks, I'll be catching up with experts in the field to get some great insight, advice, and inspiration. From wellness trends to special diets and how to get your 30 plants a week, we'll be covering a diverse range of subjects. Listen out for new episodes each Friday. I'm delighted to welcome Laura Strange to the podcast. Laura is an award winning gluten free blogger and recipe developer who shares her ideas, recipes, and meal plans on her website and Instagram, My Gluten Free Guide. She's also just published her first book, Eat and Enjoy Gluten-Free, which we'll be featuring some lovely recipes from in our upcoming March issue of Olive. Welcome, Laura.
0: Thanks for coming to see us today. Thanks so much for having me. And that's such a kind introduction as well. (laughs) It's all true, though. (laughs) I thought, firstly, um, could you tell
3: us a little bit about your journey to where you are now?
0: Yeah, it's been quite a journey. Um, I was diagnosed with celiac disease when I was 14, so that's mm. 25 years ago now, giving you my age straight away. <laughs> um, and now I have a gluten-free cookbook, so it sort of blows my mind how I've got to this point. Um, celiacs, as you hopefully all know, have to eat a strict gluten-free diet. Yeah, um, No cheat days, sadly, no just having a bit of gluten here and there. So when I was first diagnosed, it really was a total leap into the unknown. I didn't even know what gluten was, yeah. never heard of it. And suddenly being told by the GP, you have to be gluten-free now, I felt really lost. So um, I'd always been into cooking at home. I'm from a family of keen home cooks and professional bakers. So my mom and I gradually felt our way through gluten-free cooking and built up our skills. And my mom was subsequently diagnosed as well a few days oh, later. Wow. Um, you couldn't really get gluten-free products in the shops at that point. Yeah. And what you could get really wasn't good. Mm. Very dense, solid bread and things like that. So it was all about learning to make things at home that were delicious and that replicated the gluten-full products that I missed being able to have. And then it was probably about 10 years ago that I then started an Instagram account just as a, like a bit of a hobby, really, a creative yeah. outlet. I had a very... Intense day job in a corporate law firm. And there was no intention behind the Instagram aside from just to share about the sort of knowledge that I'd accumulated over the years. Um I have a nice little creative outlet. And surprisingly to me, it became quite popular. And there was a real void, I think. There weren't any Big sources of gluten-free recipes yeah. or information about being gluten-free out there. Um, so I've just been sharing it ever since, and left my job to do this full-time about seven years ago, and I love it. Yeah, oh, it's like <laughs> it's just wonderful. I love. I'm quite geeky. I really get into the mm. science of creating gluten-free recipes to try and, as I said earlier, really replicate the dishes yeah. and the foods that I missed. But also, I just love being able to help give people confidence in their cooking and to support people's own growth in building those gluten-free cookery skills at home and encouraging them just to give it a go and rediscover delicious food that happens to be gluten-free. Yeah, I
3: love it. I mean, I've been reading the book for the past couple of days and found it really inspiring. And and the word I kept thinking was it's really joyous. It's like, you know, there's a lot of like... Beautiful-looking food in there that kind of makes you want to cook it. So I, I can see how you, you know your accounts are inspiring. Can we start by talking a little bit about like the nitty-gritty? Like, what what does gluten-free actually mean? What what is gluten? Because it's not
0: just wheat, is it? No. So gluten is a protein. Actually, yeah. you find it inside certain grains, so wheat. Barley and rye are the grains that have gluten in the centre. And celiacs and other people on a gluten-free diet also have to be wary of oats because uh, while oats themselves contain a different protein called avenin, uh, during manufacturing there's often cross-contamination. So celiacs can have safely processed gluten-free oats but not... any old oats from the supermarket. So mm. wheat, barley, oats and rye are the ones that you're going to have to avoid if you're following a gluten-free yeah. diet.
3: And I mean, there's, you've mentioned celiacs and mm. that, that was your diagnosis, but th- there's loads of different reasons why people are eating gluten-free, isn't yes,
0: there? Yes, totally. So... I'm celiac, as I mentioned, and I should say as well, if anyone's listening and they think they could be celiac, it's really important not to go gluten-free straight away. You need to ensure that you are eating gluten throughout the diagnosis process. So go and see your GP. They will do a blood test, and if that's positive, you then have an endoscopy, which uh, basically takes a sample of your gut lining. uh, Because when celiacs eat gluten, uh, your body... To like because it's an autoimmune condition, oh, okay. your um, your body then attacks itself, wow. uh, so it attacks the tissues and the small intestine and the gut lining. So yeah. it causes really visible damage that you can see very clearly on like a biopsy from endoscopy. And getting that kind of a formal diagnosis is really, really important yeah. because there's so much after support that yeah. you can get through the NHS. And then you can go gluten-free and you have to be strictly gluten-free. Yeah. But So other conditions as well, there's plenty. So IBS, there's um, IBD, endometriosis, PCOS, so many different medical conditions that that a gluten-free diet can then really help you. And there's also lots of people who just feel better for eating gluten-free. So I think whatever people's reason is for being gluten-free, everyone's an equal member of the gluten-free community and everyone deserves that that support. I think sometimes, you know, we see Lex get the sort of gold badge in restaurants. They're like, okay, your (laughs) Celia will look after you properly. And they might take less care for someone who's gluten intolerant, which is such a shame because you know everyone's yeah. equal in that respect
3: i feel like gluten free has moved a lot more into the kind of mainstream in terms of the things that you know how serious people are taking it because on one hand it can be really debilitating con it like disease yes like celiac which is which is really serious i mean reading about it i was just on the on the website reading about it um on the other hand, as you said, it can be something that you can take into your lifestyle and it can it can really improve existing conditions as well or it can just be a lifestyle choice and there's no reason why you know people shouldn't be able to eat delicious food as well. Yeah. And I feel like even going around supermarkets, it seems like the offering is a bit better than it used to be, as you were saying about the big, stodgy, heavy bread yeah. in the past.
0: I'm very optimistic about <laughs> it all, I think, because before I got diagnosed, I was mm. so poorly and honestly looking back on that period of my life is, is quite hard because I was I really my life was very difficult because yeah. I was I can't look at photos I was this little
3: you said you were really like little six, skeleton skeleton or yeah. Yeah. six
0: stone at the age of 14 and Gold. when you're a 14 year old girl yeah. a lot of people just assume you have an eating disorder yeah. unfortunately and brushed off symptoms as anxiety and the rest but Anyway, getting that diagnosis was just yeah. such a relief. I could get healthy. I could get strong. Yeah. I was able to gain weight, which was a delight for me. Um, and having been SEALAC for a long time, I've seen the change from when there was no free from section in yeah. supermarket to now when you've got this wonderful array of products. But it's still... Although I'm very positive, it's still very hard as a condition to live with. Yeah. And there's still not that level of awareness that we need to have. and yeah. there's a lot of misconceptions around gluten-free people being fussy or be, gluten-free yeah. food being like cardboard and yeah. yucky. And Actually, a lot of the meals that people will be eating at home are just happen free anyway. to be gluten-free. Because yeah. there are so many naturally gluten-free foods. It's just... It's all about. So I'm just with the book. I'm really trying to just dispel those preconceptions about gluten-free food being yuck. Yeah, I love that. It's just food. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Life
0: is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one
2: Crispy, So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
1: of a detour.
3: Let's talk a little bit about labels because you you go into it in in your book. Um, You know, labels are useful because... Thank God manufacturers are now having to, you know, proclaim everything on a label. What sort of things should people be looking for if they are trying to avoid gluten?
0: Okay, so the four that I mentioned earlier, so avoid anything that contains wheat, barley, oats and rye, unless those oats are specifically stated as being gluten free. You'll also want to watch out for may contain warnings on products, because unless you can question the manufacturer directly about how something is made, a product could be made on the same line as something oh, containing gluten. So yeah. I, unfortunately, in my younger days when I was being more gung-ho, got really poorly once from eating a product with a may-contain warning. And that was a good lesson for me. Yeah. and have So if it says may-contain, just avoid it if yeah, it's someone going really to really How do you feel if something said may-contain poison? And that's quite a, oh, good yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. I mean, it's it, a yeah. strong way of going for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say when it comes to shopping for gluten-free products, just... Read the labels carefully. Yeah. Even if you've read that product's label before, processes and ingredients do change. Yeah. So always better safe than sorry.
3: I know. It, I mean it's sad, but we do just have to be our
0: own little police, don't we? Yeah. Like, kind of like well, after you've become ourselves. Absolute pro in a minute. I can spot a gluten a a mile away now. I'm like, okay, I can speed read. Yeah. But at first it's a lot for people to have to take on, you know, yeah. to trawl through all the labels.
3: Well, let's talk about some obvious gluten sources
0: and some sneakier ones, because some of the sneakier ones I was really surprised about. So the common sources of gluten are things like bread, biscuits, cakes, pasta, flour, beer... um, Lots of the good stuff, as people would term it. But there are also some sneakier sources of gluten that people might not be aware of. Uh, Soy sauce was one it took me ages to realise when I was younger. And there's a fantastic substitute for that. You can use tamari Uh, tamari, instead, which is naturally gluten-free. A really nice swap and a very simple one to make. Um, And then you'll find gluten in small small quantities in things like Smarties. Why I know? Oh, was it like some kind of it must flower be in the coating? That, yeah, I the think. coating. Yeah, but obviously, as a kid, Smarties <laughs> are the hallowed uh, treat, aren't they? And. It lurks in coatings. So it's just all about checking right. things. So you might find it in crisps sometimes, yeah. in sausages as a bulking agent, um, in frozen oven chips sometimes. Those yeah. are coated in flour to help with the crispiness.
3: They the so. it's It's interesting because there's a, a, a big conversation going on at the minute about ultra processed foods. Mm-hmm. And I guess a lot of them. We'll have it because it'll be some kind of thickening or bulking agent. Yeah, I
0: really noticed actually at Christmas time that a lot of the party food items in the supermarket that happened to be gluten-free last year aren't this year. I do wonder if with the increasing costs of things, manufacturers were adding back in those cheap ingredients like wheat flour to bulk things up and coat things, but... It, yeah, it's and you shame. Ha-
3: you've also got a really I I found a really useful um, page, which is all about you know if you're if you are cooking for someone who's gluten free, um, and who really co- you know like celiac um, about cross contamination and and how to avoid that and it's it's kind of. Common sense when you read it, but I I, I never, never even thought about it. Can you tell us some of the things that you have to look out for? I had for? a lovely conversation
0: with a chef in a restaurant, actually, when I was asking if he could cater safely for me. It was a really small kitchen. And he was like, of course I can. He's like, I have good hygiene processes in my kitchen. And, you know, you can rest assured that I... I will not cross and so I was really grateful for that it's a good way to think about it really so cross-contamination unfortunately is a a big bugbear for those of us who are very sensitive to gluten Um, a small crumb of gluten in my food would make me poorly which is a real pain Um, it'd be lovely if I could just be loosely gluten-free but um, (laughs) (laughs) with cross-contamination if you're catering for someone just make sure that you are washing your hands Using clean chopping boards, clean utensils, uh, wipe down your surfaces because crumbs really get everywhere. If you've made yourself a cheese toaster while you're prepping something, just make sure you clear all that away because those crumbs are just so sneaky. If you were cooking pasta for someone who's gluten-free and you've got two saucepans, one with gluten pasta, one with gluten-free, make sure you're not using the same spoon to stir them. Wow. So bits like that, just really being aware of what you're doing, which I appreciate is quite a lot for someone to think about, but... To think of it it's good hygiene and wash those hands. Um, like antibacterial hand gel won't kill gluten. Gluten, as we talked about, is a protein, it's yeah. not a bacteria. Heat won't kill it. So deep frying will, you know, you have to have fresh oil to deep fry gluten-free things. You can't go in the same fryer as gluten-containing products.
3: Yeah. I suppose the 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 easiest thing you could do, which is one of your things, is just make a naturally gluten free meal. Yes. Because as you were saying right at the beginning, a lot of the stuff I probably make make all week is gluten free and I don't even think about it, but it but it is.
0: There are so many gluten free foods that or foods that are naturally yeah. gluten free so even the basics, you know, meat and fish and potatoes, rice, and then grains like quinoa, buckwheat, polenta, those are all good So gluten-free. all of those
3: grains you can have. Yeah, yeah.
0: always uh, check the packets for make and tell yeah. warnings. Um, <laughs> the perils of uh, manufacturing sometimes. But there's plenty for people to choose from. And in the book, I've included lots of meals that are either naturally gluten-free or imperceptibly gluten-free. Right, You might have a little tweak, so using tamari instead of soy sauce. Using corn flour to thicken a sauce rather than plain flour—those tiny swaps that you can make to a meal that then make it accessible to everyone, and the whole household can then eat it. Yeah, because no one's got the time, money, effort to have to cook two, three different meals every evening. Yeah. So if you can make one meal for everyone in your household, like such a win.
3: Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned the tamari corn flour, which we've all got in also well I've got them in my store cupboards but you know but wish. I readily available and you would recognise them on yeah. the shelf. But you've also got a nice little chapter called Magic Ingredients, which has got some really interesting <laughs> ingredients. I mean, not they're not weird. They're not like sort of, you know, out of a science lab, but they're just your little helpers in the kitchen, aren't they? Yeah. Can we talk about some of those? Exactly.
0: Totally. I'd love to. And I think before you get into gluten-free cookie and yeah. baking, you might be, you've never heard of some of these things. Mm. And I'd also like to say I never use ingredients in cooking unless they play a significant role. right? I am I think one of my mantras is really like <laughs> paring down recipes yeah. to make them easy and simple to follow. And that might mean removing steps that are going to improve it by 2%. But, you know, really, I, we just want recipes that people can make yeah. every day. So if I include a magic ingredient in a recipe, it plays a role. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> don't skip it. Um, so one that I really love that I've discovered in the last few years is psyllium husk. Yeah. Now, this is a naturally derived plant husk Um, and when you combine it with water it sort of turns into like a stretchy gel
2: so i don't know if you've
0: ever seen gluten in its pure form it's um like really tough and stretchy so when you're taking gluten out of food yeah when it's if it's naturally gluten-free meals that's fine but when you're baking you're going to need to replace it with something so an ingredient like psyllium husk once you add that in, it's going to give your bread dough – it's wonderful for gluten-free bread because it gives you the pliability you yeah. can actually knead and shape the dough. So that little kind of bounce yeah. that bread's got, yeah. gluten-free dough needs a higher hydration level. So without something like psyllium husk, which is there to like slurp up and hold all that yeah. water – and give that stretch um, it's very hard to work with the dough because it gets quite sloppy uh, but yeah psyllium husk is, is just magic and it's really good for your digestion as well Makes you sense. can buy it quite easily online <laughs> um, yeah I was, you know added benefit of it there's another one xanthan gum which you can find in the free from yeah. supermarkets now that's wonderful if you're baking gluten free cakes or making pastry you only ever need it in very small quantities just okay. add it in and it will transform a potentially dry and crumbly cake into like a fluffy bouncy wondrous oh, sponge um, and then there's naturally gluten-free flowers like tapioca starch yeah have you ever had the Brazilian cheese bread those like beautifully golden round stretchy oh yes bread. oh they're so they use them th- yeah th- yes. so that's made with tapioca starch Amazing. and they're so stretchy yeah and that's a lovely one to add in to breads again and yeah. um, there's also an ingredient that I really love which is gonna sound like it won't be gluten-free but it's, it's called codex wheat starch it's <laughs> a um, so very scientific name. It does. Uh, the codex standard is yeah. um, basically the approved level of uh, gluten free worldwide okay. is, uh, something is gluten free if it's less than 20 parts per million hence codex in the title but so codex wheat starch is wheat starch that has had the gluten removed from it so industrially washed out of it the, pro- the gluten protein has been taken out of the wheat starch leaving it gluten free and it's fully approved as gluten free and tested to 4 parts per million which is well below that 20 parts per million level, yeah. safely gluten free. And it's just magic. So, what does that do to things? I've used it a lot for gluten free bread, and it's just, it just has wonderful properties and really creates extremely fluffy bread. Yeah. I make these bread rolls at home and uh, using this gluten free wheat starch, and it's just magic. How did you find it? I was in Italy. <laughs> so, a lot of my, when I find, uh, travel really inspiring for when I'm coming Yeah, because recipes. of the way different
3: cultures use yes. ingredients in their food. Also, when you're travelling yeah. and yeah. you're
0: seeing all sorts of different foods and yeah. thinking, all these ideas yeah. come into your head. I, I speak Italian, so I was in a, um, a pizza restaurant in Italy, had a wonderful gluten-free pizza, and so I asked a chef, and he showed me the flour they used, yeah. and it was this um, this particular Italian brand of flour um contains wheat starch, and so I started using it at home, and my mind was blown. And it's one of those ingredients because it's got wheat starch in the name people get quite alarmed but once you look into it and once you start using it you realize yeah. it's you know it's it's a I wonderful ingredient that. and the feedback i get from people who have discovered this ingredient yeah. through me, is just, <laughs> you've changed my life. You know, it's, it's really worth looking hold of. One of the main supermarkets, Stock It Now. Um, and you can say which can one it is. Online, so, yeah. Oh, it's a Molino Caputo. Oh, right, chocolate. okay, it's, cool. a, it's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. A Cardo Stock It Now. Yeah, so cool. it's really nice to see ingredients like that becoming widely available as well, or more accessible.
3: Brilliant. That made me think, actually, about about your process and your process of recipe developing. Like, how how do you even start? knowing what to take away and what to put it because because we know you know I go down the flour aisle and I can see gluten-free bread flour I can see gluten-free plain flour but then how do you know when when and where to add in all of those little things or is it just a process of elimination and testing and testing and testing I
0: I would say that's uh my job really is <laughs> and I love it. Yeah. And my brain well I quite have the half creative, half science yeah. brain. So recipe development is just like the perfect thing for me yeah. because I just have all these ideas about food and flavour and e- eating out in restaurants, you pick up ideas and having conversations with people and ideas come into your head. I anyway, know melding those flavours together yeah. and then recreating how something should be in so, so going for creating like a gluten-free version of yeah. what the gluten memory that I have yeah um and I, as someone who develops gluten-free recipes, I then share the recipes having done all the work. So people baking from my recipes, for example, it should be really easy for them yeah because I've done all the science behind the scenes. But I, it is quite scientific when you're developing gluten-free recipes. One of the recipes that I was creating for the book was um, these goyosa. And yeah, I saw that recipe. I yeah. just had to completely go back to scratch and think about the properties of ingredients. So I ended up adding boiling water because I knew that that would gelatinize the starch in the flour that I was using. And that would then make it pliable so that I could roll them out and shake. And it's just things like that having to get really technical sometimes. I love it. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm, I'm like <laughs> geeking out right now. Um, but it's. I just find it really fascinating, yeah. and I love the challenge. So people will often message me and say, "Can you make X gluten free?" And I'm like, "Yeah, right. Let's do oh, this." Oh, so that's it then? Yeah, <laughs> I made panettone at Christmas, and it, I was how was delighted. it? Oh, really? It was so good. And I'm wow. a huge panettone fan. So, and was I was going to mention that, that because,
3: because looking through the book, yeah, the level of detail is incredible. So you've got. Philo pastry I mean that was a challenge
0: (laughs) I was very proud of myself
3: (laughs) and you've got puff pastry and you've even got like how to make gluten-free sourdough and you say you know it's going to take you a lot longer to get your little sourdough starter started because it hasn't got the the
0: I think it's so any uh, sourdough starter always takes Mm. a couple of weeks because you want it to be strong you can get it going after about five days but to give it the strength of the oomph Then, yeah, a couple of weeks of patience nurturing that starter. Then once you've got it, it should, in theory, unless you let it die. Just, you know, keep rolling on. You can keep it in the fridge to keep it fresh. But I
3: love it that you just haven't left it in a basic, the best gluten-free loaf ever. You've gone, no, no, I'm going to (laughs) do sourdough.
0: Which is just,
3: it's another level of, you know, even I don't make sourdough.
0: I think it's I just really, with the book, I really wanted to show that breadth yeah and so that's something for everyone so we're starting in the bread chapter for example with the three ingredient flatbread that use there's no yeast it's just yogurt and flour and baking powder you bring those together and it's lovely flatbread that we just make if we run out of bread at home we'll just make those quickly and there's a wraps recipe as well again three ingredients super easy so you can start really simple and kind of work your way up and the sourdough's there for people who want to do sourdough but if you don't there's on the way to that (laughs) there are so many other wonderful breads we're moving through like easy yeasted breads like focaccia and then going to bagels and, and crusty There's a babka in there
3: which is a Chocolate bit more <laughs> babka which is heaven
0: but actually not too complicated. You've got to do the braiding but think bread is for intimidated people than it actually is. yeah And once you've dipped your toe into the pond of bread making it's actually lovely yeah. to have to bake these delicious breads at home. And as someone who like gluten-free bread is a challenging area when you're buying it from the shops It's never quite what you want. I feel like freshly baked gluten-free bread at home can just be amazing. Wow,
3: I love that. Um, can you pick out a few recipes from the book that you particularly love? Which were the ones that you're kind of proud of, like your 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 favourite children? Okay, I might
0: talk for a long time. Um, there are. I love all the recipes in the book. I um, Honestly, I, um, I I love. Uh, there's a hundred recipes in there, and I'm just really proud of them. There's some wonderful easy dinner recipes. Um, the first recipe in there is a teriyaki salmon sushi bowl, which I believe you're yeah, we're going to as well. That
3: That's beautiful looking and
0: as well. That was just one that I created during lockdown. I really missed being able to get takeaway sushi. Yeah. And couldn't really be bothered to, to roll sushi the whole thing, at yeah. home. So this was like a happy hybrid that came along and it absolutely took off as well. It's probably still one of the most popular recipes on my website. I was going day. to ask you that
3: actually, because you, you put, so you're constantly putting recipes on your website, yeah. on your Instagram. Yeah. Do you use that as like a little taste check of what people, you know, if people love it, you think that's going in the book? Yeah,
0: so with the <laughs> book, I, they've, I've included, I think there's about 35 recipes from my website. And yeah. I chose the ones which I know are hugely popular with everybody yeah, because great. lots of people will message me saying you know, yeah. they wish I had a copy of the book. <laughs> so it made sense to ensure that those popular recipes are in sure. there. So, But that's a lovely one. It's like um, glazed pieces of salmon on like a bit of sushi rice. You could use basmati as Gorgeous, well yeah. um, with avocado and edamame beans you can vary up the veg depending on what you've got and like that's a really fantastic and quick midweek meal that we make a lot Mm. Uh, there's pastel donata is one of the recipes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was like a personal one because I'd been to Lisbon, wonderful city, managed to have a gluten-free pastel donata there, but you cannot get them for love (laughs) or money in the UK. If anyone knows where you can get one, you tell me. Oh, you you Uh, mean you you had a gluten-free one in Lisbon? In Lisbon, yeah. So that was good. I feel like I've tasted an authentic one. Um, So setting about creating that recipe, I'm just Every time I bake them, I have to like limit myself and not eat the entire batch because they are delicious. That's probably one of the more advanced recipes. There's a lovely recipe for fluffy waffles in there, which we make all the time. My kids are obsessed with them and constantly, can you make us waffles? And it's a lovely, easy batter that you can just whip up. you can also make it in uh, the day before and keep it in the fridge. So we had it, I think, New Year's Day, just like made some waffles for kids and our friends and... Um, but there's loads of great recipes as well for sharing uh, with friends and family. Yeah, I've really got something for every occasion. There's a slow roasted lamb dish in there, Gorgeous. which I've done with wraps um, and a, like a mint chimichurri and, and various salads. And we'd had it on New Year's Eve, actually, with friends. But I did the roast lamb and I made a baked cheesecake from the book and various oh. mezze dishes, a cup, some of which are in the book, sort of pulled it all together and... Like everyone, It went down a storm and it was really nice to be able to share this big gluten-free yeah. feast with my friends without them missing out or feeling like they were missing yeah. out on anything. And
3: you've also got recipes for, um, I noticed, you know, if you don't, I know we can buy gluten-free noodles, pasta, yeah. gnocchi, but you've got recipes for them from scratch yes, as well, yeah. which is lovely if you want to take it to that
0: because I haven't seen that before and either, I've, that really kind of level
3: to, of detail again.
0: Oh, like I really wanted to give people the option, basically. Yeah. it's it's With the book, it's just giving people the tools and the skills yeah. to be able to make those things if they want. And if you don't want to make pasta from scratch, that's fine. You can still make the speedy the salts, pasta dishes. Yeah. Oh, I've got really good... Uh, leaf short rib ragu mm, in there as well and that with the homemade tagliatelle it was just like there was many happy food moments in my life when I was creating these recipes I don't
3: think your friends and family are missing out on anything yeah. at all I think they're very lucky oh, thanks yeah
0: that, so we all eat gluten at home even though I'm the only celiac yeah but, um, yeah, but it's also um, embracing there's like a a lovely prawn and chorizo jambalaya mm, in the book as well. Yeah. And that's one which is like a naturally gluten-free recipe. Yeah. And dishes like that, I just really want people to be able to add just a few recipes to their repertoires so that they can just whap them out for dinner times during the week yeah. and the, everyone can enjoy them without mm, anyone feeling that. a like great
3: shout. I think we'll wrap it up there. I was just gonna ask you if you um if people are listening and they feel like they want to investigate further, you know, you were saying, are there any resources where they can yes. go and, and check out, you know, gluten-free. There's celiac. a
0: wonderful charity, yeah. which is Celiac UK. Okay. Um, if you just Google Celiac UK, you'll go through to their website and there are pages upon pages there of their information. The main ones that you should go and have a look at if you I think you might be celiac, is all about the signs and symptoms of celiac disease because Although there's the sort of classic well-known ones of upset tummy, stomach pains, vomiting, loss of weight. And um, there are actually much wider ranging symptoms and not everyone present those. So only like 30 cents. 36% Thirty-six percent of people who have celiac disease are diagnosed. There's loads of people are. Oh there God, who that's crazy, it. isn't it? And there can be things like mouth ulcers, um, recurrent miscarriage, more serious conditions like osteoporosis and bowel cancer can all be a result of untreated or mismanaged wow. celiac disease. Yeah. So hence the importance of getting diagnosed yeah. and sticking to that gluten-free diet. Uh, so if people, if you're in doubt, keep eating gluten. Yeah. Check out the symptoms and book in with your GP to get tested. and get it
3: tested. That's great. Well, thanks again for coming to chat to us, Laura. And I, I, like I said, I think the book's a brilliant place for people to get inspiration from. And if they want to find you online, it's myjfguide.com. That's right. That's yeah. your website and at myglutenfreeguide on Instagram. That's right. Cool. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, well, thanks again for coming to chat to us. Thanks has so much Brilliant. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Olive Podcast. For recipes and more information, head to olivemagazine.com. Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.